Hello. Hey, How you doing? How's it going? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? All good, thank you. Thank you for giving us some of your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's uh, absolutely um, one of the more fun things I can do with my lifetime, you know, right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, essentially, we do a podcast. We did talk about sport. and We've gone into film since everything was cancelled. And so we've been going through all our favourite action films and you starred in like a who's who of all the great <laughs> films, really. So oh, wow. no one better to speak Thank to you. than uh, someone that's been in there. I mean, to, to go straight in, I mean, looking at your IMDb, I mean, your first credited role is as a stunt double for Dolph Lundgren. So that's like straight in at the deep end there. <laughs> wow, you guys are going way back. I can't believe <laughs> you. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a long time ago. I had hair and two eyes. Um, uh, one of the first jobs I'd done, it was um, called Army of One, I believe is the name of the movie. It was a uh, stunt coordinator and I think directed also by Vic Armstrong, a legendary stunt coordinator, English stunt coordinator too. Um, uh, someone who helped bring me up in this business, someone who I, I look to. Um, first of all, have we started our interview? Has it started already? Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, I was yeah. conscious of time. Oh, we so just, we just, just jumped right in. Okay, good. Yeah, all right. like, like we say, it's one of those where you've been in literally everything we just want to talk to you about your role so well thank you no no I'm, I'm good with I'm good with starting the interview and I, I appreciate it greatly uh from time to time you might see my wife back there she's just no, no problem at all. which is completely fine she'll wave <laughs> hi to hi I'm sure sometimes <laughs> uh, she got embarrassed all right anyway um uh, yeah no listen you guys are looks like you guys are really trying to like scrape every little piece out of um my whole career and uh yeah, Dolph Lundgren was fantastic I have to admit um the film was great it was shot out at um like Vasquez Canyon Rocks which is a place where they shot like um some stuff for Star Trek and a number of different movies and you know so it's kind of fun when you first come to California and you're just a regular karate guy and you're trying to get in the business and all of a sudden you find yourself at the same rocks where Captain Kirk was fighting the lizard guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it was really, it was a really cool introduction into the business for me. Yeah. Definitely. I think <laughs> doing our research, and as you can see, we've kind of looked at everything that you've been in and there's one obviously glaring um, story that kind of looks at you from when we do the research. I mean, would you? Can you walk us through that? Because we've had a which little story, look at it. Which, which story glares so, at you? So the the story about the hit to start with. Oh, um, about me so getting shot. Just, okay, yes. I mean, it's 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 somewhat. You know, I I kind of think that an awful lot of people have read about it, seen it. You know, there is a Dateline NBC special. Um, I believe that there's a Cleopatra Jones special on it. I've done a number of interviews on it. So it is somewhat out there. Um, what happened was, um, you know, my ex-wife paid someone money to uh, kill me. You know, we had had a, a, a divorce going at the time. And um, to this day, you know, let me just put it out there that she still has um, denied ever doing it. Um, you know, when the court case came to, she pleaded no contest. Um, so she got a deal. I believe she had 14 years that she had to serve. She just recently got out. 
Um, my daughter kept up her relationship with her the whole time. And I, I told her it's good for her too, because, you know, her mom still is a good mom to her and still loves her to death. And, you know, I don't ever think anybody should, should consider themselves, um, you know, like, like I'm definitely not the person that has never sinned in my lifetime. I've never made mistakes. I've always made mistakes too. So I can't judge other people in this world. Um, Fortunately, I haven't had someone killed or shot, but nonetheless, you know, if I want forgiveness, I have to learn to forgive other people too. So that's why I clam up and say, okay, it's time to be a forgiving person, especially a father and help my child move on and, and be better. Um, let's see, I took four bullets, one hit me here in the chest. And uh, when they shot me, I flinched. And as it hit me here in the chest, it went through my chest and it's still stuck in a rib cage right here. <clears throat> By my armpit no way. the second bullet hit me here in the neck because as he shot me like this i flinched to the side and it hit me here in the neck and came out my back um the next one i went to close the door that was in my doorway to stop it and the person shot just at my center mass and hit me in the hip and that one hurt an awful lot doubled me over and i fell backwards then the person came in and put the gun to my head and was going to shoot me right in my skull. And I flinched at the last second and the bullet hit me here in the eye and came out the other side of my jaw right here and went into the wall. Um, and then after that, my mother was there because she was going to babysit my daughter that night and she came around the turn and the person got startled and fired twice. And you know they had a little snub nose revolver. So uh, they were out. And next thing you know, the person was trying to get out of there. I closed the door and then um, um, got on my cell phone and called 911. It was one of them because, like, <clears throat> sorry, when you read it online, you never know how much has been someone else has kind of developed the story in their own way. Obviously, it seems they didn't need to in this case, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think that online, it pretty much says exactly what happened. And I think that's exactly what I tried to tell. I, I mean, I'm not sure where, where I, I think there's something like on like Daily Beast, there's something on Guardian. Um, I try not to go back and look at the no. interviews that much yeah. and read exactly what's online. Um, but if there was anything different, then you let me know and I'll clear it up. Yeah. We didn't know about it when I actually contacted you for the interview and then we've gone to do the, the research in, in the past week and obviously yeah. saw, saw that come up there. But just the list of films you've been in, I mean, it can, in the big ones, I mean, you've done the likes of Transformers, Avatar, like Real Steel, Godzilla. One of the ones that stood out for me was Godzilla because you're credited on there as Creature Fight Coordinator, which is... a hell of a title in itself and i wonder what kind of your role entails for that well you know they did the movie and they had used and don't get me wrong like like visual effects people do a great job as well however sometimes a person sitting behind a computer screen only does what they see in that two-dimensional world even though they're on a 3d model it's still just a flat screen where i work in a tangible you know, environment that has, you know, all kinds of planes that are being affected. So um, the laws of physics apply more to me than it would to a computer, you know, um, yeah. graphics engineer. So for the most part, they showed the fight and they were interesting and they were not bad, but they wanted a little bit more creativity to it. 
And they said, what can you do? And they knew that I had done a lot of the creature movement and fights for like Avatar and for Beowulf with Grendel and for all sorts of things. Um, and even with, you know, Alice in Wonderland with the dragon fight. And they said, how would you go about doing it? And I said, well, I'd actually put, you know, motion capture performers mm -hmm. on a stage and I would give them, you know, like someone wings and the other person arm extensions so that they would play that spider creature. And I said, you know, we can work out the fight that way. And in a more real way, you'll see what it takes to actually do a fight for those creatures, you know, where it takes a lot more time to cover this distance and they don't just move that fast. Yeah. And so that's what they did. And that's what I did. I went out onto a stage with motion capture suits and I filmed it with a video camera and then I gave it to the artists and they said, oh, interesting ideas. Okay, great. And so then they put that into the movie. Amazing. That's great. I mean, some, some of the other ones, well, Avatar, I guess you've, you've just said there. I wonder when you were kind of doing the work on that, did it have the feel like it was going to be kind of the groundbreaking film that it was? Well, you know, um, first of all, to work for James Cameron, you think, oh man, I've, I've hit it big, you know? <laughs> then you go out on this little gray stage <laughs> with this director and <laughs> you're working on like little blocks of wood and you're saying to yourself, this is not what I expected at all. <laughs> I thought we were going to be you know, jumping motorcycles off bridges and flying helicopters around buildings. And here I am, you know, wearing pajamas. This is complete. <laughs> so when we had done it, also um, the motion capture world, and for Jim, he calls it performance capture, not motion capture, because it is much more than motion. You're capturing their performance, their acting, their face, their lightness, their eyes and everything. So I agree with him. So when it came to us doing performance capture, the world had not really been enlightened the way that it was after Avatar. This was a completely new experience. So for him, it really was like the biggest budget, low budget movie ever made, you know? <laughs> and at first, when we went in there to do it, we were only supposed to be on that movie for like six months. And then it just mushroom clouded. And it just, you know, <laughs> five years later, you know, the film was finished. And so that was nothing like I had ever experienced before in my life. I don't know what to tell you. You know, every three months we were like, oh no, we're really done now. Okay, no, this time we're really done. So <laughs> it was very, you know, I was off balance a lot on it. And then going into, you know, the finishing part of it, when they said, all right, we're done. We were like, really? Wow, we didn't know what to do. Yeah. yeah, we didn't know what to do. So it was it was a, a mind blowing experience as a filmmaker. Yeah, so that, that kind of like sits well with me as well, where you think you're kind of off balance on that one because it was so something so new. What film do you find then when you look back on your career that you find that you're most comfortable on set with the stunts and the kind of danger that you were in at the time performing these stunts? You know, I mean, I've always been comfortable on a set. I, I, I can't tell you that there's, you know, look, I've never been more comfortable than I was on Jim Cameron's sets. I, I really have to admit that because it's, yeah. it's him. Jim is, even though, you know, even though he'll sit there saying, all right, go out there and figure out how to fly an Ikran. And I go, <laughs> okay, how do you fly an Ikran? He goes, I don't know. You go out there and figure it out first, you know, and come back and show me what I don't want. 
Mm-hmm. I go, okay, great. So as much as I'm off balance, I really am happy and I'm really comfortable in that setting because Jim is one of us. You know, he would talk to you and just say, look, go out there and make a bunch of mistakes. And that way we'll know what I don't like. And you go, oh, I I can do that. I can do that really well. You got it. I'll be right back. You know, whereas a lot of other times you can go on a movie set and it's just a regular fight scene. However, you know, a director or, you know, the cast or the situation might make things feel very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so you really can't say which movie, you know, was on balance or off balance. Um, but I can tell you that James Cameron is probably one of my favorite directors to work with. He's yeah. amazing. He's one of the nicest guys. We would get up in the mornings, early in the morning, and we would work out before um, you know filming. And he loves to do fight stuff. So yeah. we'd be out there doing knife skills and stick fighting and hand-to-hand fights. And it was awesome. And then we'd film. <laughs> and while we were filming, we'd be yelling at each other. He's like, this is stupid, Garrett. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and then, you know, we'd finish the day and he's like, hey, you want to grab some food tonight? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's okay, great. You know, so it was a really fun experience in that setting. Um, and then on top of all of it, we have a really good story. You know, we have a story about these people that is similar to what happened in the United States with the American Indians and a number of countries all over the world, actually, you know, where we are overtaking this planet, you know, so it it really is my favorite one. So other than that, I can tell you that Alice in Wonderland had a blast. Tim Burton was great. Steven Spielberg, I had a blast with him. He's such an amazing filmmaker. You know, everyone has their strengths. Um, I was in awe to sit on a set with Paul Thomas Anderson and shoot in 65 millimeter celluloid still. You know, that was a great experience. Um, You know, there is nothing bad about the job that I do and who I do it with. Uh, You can't ask me what my favorite is because there is no such thing. But I can tell you that um, I love working with James Cameron and, you know, he is one of the greatest people, let alone filmmakers to know. Yeah. You did um, Transformers as well. And going into a film like that with, with Michael Bay, do you feel like you're knowing what to expect there and it's going to be just big and, and, and massive and you get excited about that before you go on there? Yeah. You know, when you go on to, um, anything that Michael Bay is doing, you know that it's gonna be grand scale. It's always gonna be epic. Um, And then, you know, the first one was of course, um, somewhat groundbreaking for him because it was these big, huge, tall robots that he was working with. However, for me, I was already in that world. I was already doing Avatar. I was always already doing Beowulf. I was already, you know, educated and schooled in this whole world and, for him to come and say, all right, how are we going to make these robots fight? I was like, oh, that's easy. Watch. <laughs> and I went out there and did it. And he'd look at it and go, yeah, that's good. No, that's no good. And then we'd go back and fix it. And then um, at the end of the movie, he'd come back saying, all right, there's a couple of shots we need some fights in. And this is the frame exactly like this. So make sure that whatever fight you make, it fits in this frame. And so that would that's what I would do. Because I see you've done some... Uh directing as well i think it's uh you second unit director i think it says on uh, your twitter and just when i saw that you'd worked on uh, the internship and not quite the same yeah. level of stunts as some of these but i wondered 
what kind of time you'd had working with um, Vince Vaughan and Owen Wilson because we're, we're such big fans of them. I loved working for those guys. Those guys are hilarious. Um, you know, Vince Vaughn is not just a comic genius, but is also like, um, you know, when you think back to the Brat Pack, to the days of like, you know, the Dean Martin and, you know, all the guys, you know, back then, I feel like he would have fit right in that same club. You know, he just sits there in a booth and he talks and he's like, How's it going? It's good to see you, you know, and he's just the chairman of the club, you know, so yeah. loved him. Owen Wilson, I had worked with him a couple of times and he's always nice. There's nothing I can say. Anything he other does than seem like that. He is. <laughs> yeah. he is yeah. Exactly what you see on He just, hey, how are you? It's good to see you again today. What's going on? Yeah. Nicest guy in the world. Love working with him. The internship was Sean Levy's movie, and I love working for that director. He's amazing. You do not get a better director than Sean Levy. And then for him to come to me and say, we're going to do a Quidditch match. And I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? And he goes, no, this is something that actually happens. People do Quidditch matches. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to see this. And so then I look it up online, and I see colleges have teams and clubs and stuff. And I was just floored. <laughs> and I said, yes, I want to do this. I'm going to be into this world. And we did. And, you know, I had a blast. And, yeah, I direct second units as well as first yeah. units. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm trying to make the move now just completely over to the first unit world. Mm. Um, but I've got to finish a couple of things. I have a couple of films that I'm still doing right now that I have to finish. And then I'll be able to move on. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, a lot. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, we've just listed off some massive names there as well but to go through some of the other names you've worked with Jackie Chan, Robbie Downey Jr, Tom Cruise, Hugh Jackman is there any like time that you kind of get a, a part in a movie where you think I'm so excited to work with that guy and if who was it if that if you have had that moment it happens all the all the time every movie yeah, yeah. there's not just you know I'm a fanboy just like anyone else so like <laughs> To work with like Anthony Hopkins, John Malkovich. I mean, but I have to also admit to work with a director mm. is more of a fanboy moment for me. Mm -hmm. So to step on a set and have a director like Paul Thomas Anderson, who I'm like, oh, this guy's amazing. I can't wait to see him watch, uh, watch him work. Um, like if I was able to coordinate a Ridley Scott movie, mm. I would be choked up yeah. i'd be just yeah. you know if you walked on the set my palms would get clammy i'm like oh my gosh this is really scott this is amazing you know um you know i worked on tony scott's movie um uh, domino and when he came out i was like oh, it's tony scott. Just yeah. Yeah. and then tony scott would come over and go can you move to the left i'm like yes you said that. Oh, great. you know so um, I really do get fanboy moments that way. Uh, Hugh Jackman, when I worked with him, I was like, dude, I can't wait to work with them. And then once you work with them, they become your friends and good people. And then you kind of move on and you still have that fanboy moment. But nonetheless, you realize just how much everyone are just good people out there. Like mm -hmm. Zoe Saldana, sweetest girl in the world. Yeah. Love her to death. I mean, she's like, she's like a sister to me. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, there was a new movie that just came up right now and Nick Cassavetes was directing it. the guy that did Alpha Dog, you know, and he also did John Q and he did The Notebook. So, um, but more importantly, when I was younger, I knew him from a movie called The Wraith. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you guys don't know what that movie is, I'm sure. <laughs> you guys are all going, okay, yeah. No, yeah, you I'm, don't. I'm, I'm like, putting a mental <laughs> note in, I think you're right, I'm going to have to check that out as soon as you Dude, <laughs> you guys have got to take this down and watch this movie. It's one of my favorite guilty pleasures out there. The Wraith, the Wraith. is <clears throat> Charlie Sheen when he's young. And he's in Arizona. And he's riding a dirt bike around. He's a, like a high school student, right? Riding a dirt bike around the street with a jean jacket and no shirt. So good. <laughs> and Nick Cassavetes is the lead bad guy in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's such a good bad guy. And Charlie Sheen turns into a car. Right. <laughs> this sounds right up our street. <laughs> Enough said. Enough yeah. said on that one. Time <laughs> yeah. up because that movie is perfection. Anyways, you know, like when I got the call that a friend of mine was was doing that script, mm-hmm. I was floored and I was completely like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to work with Nick Cassavetes. And, you know, then he starts telling about, uh, you know, like cast ideas and cast, cast choices. And I can't say anything about cast because it hasn't been released yet, but there were some names on there that I was like, oh, that's amazing. There's also some names out there that my family would love, mm-hmm. you know, like say, um, I remember one time someone wanted me to help with the Justin Bieber tour, you know, <laughs> and I'm not exactly a fan of his. I like his music, but, you know, he doesn't really, he's not Aerosmith to me, but yeah. nonetheless, I think he's talented. Anyways, I took the job because my daughter was just on over the moon yeah. in love with the guy. So, you know, those are the things where I get there and I'm like, Hey, nice to meet you. This is my daughter. And my daughter was like, ah! you know, so, <laughs> Those are the moments in my career now that I live for more than me yeah. being a fanboy. Yeah. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Am I allowed yeah. to drink while I'm doing yeah. this? Yeah. 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 Go Why ahead. You, I mean, you mentioned kind of the, the big world with Avatar, and you've done several Marvel films. We mentioned Logan, which is, is a great one. I saw that you were nominated for an award for Spider Man 2, and uh, you played the part of a doctor, if I'm not mistaken, in the. Dr. Octopus scene. So, wow, you guys are really getting all the moments, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. That was a great movie, too. Sam Raimi is genius. Let me just say yeah. that working next to him, I was like, wow, this guy's great. The movie was like old school good because we had puppeteers out there. They had the Jim Henson puppeteers doing the Doc Ock arms. They weren't <laughs> digital, you know, they were real. And so, and we had people like myself on wires being flown through the air and slammed around. So it was real. And I think that that lends a lot of weight to a movie. Yeah. I know that he had done the next one, number three, a little bit more digital, you know, because it was Sandman. And my hat's off to him for trying to like jump into even more worlds and grow as as a filmmaker. But I felt the digital side of that you know, distanced me from caring so much about the film. Yeah, I really did think the Sam Raimi's one and two were the best yeah. Spider-Man yeah. to this day. It gives it that authenticity, doesn't it? The yeah. effort has yeah. gone into this. It's been thought out. It's been produced kind of thing. It was amazing. Yeah. And kind of the, the complete opposite in terms of the Marvel films. You worked on Logan and that, that must have been great because when you must get the brief, it's kind of given full reign to do as as big as you can do in terms of a Marvel film, in terms of the violence and things like that. So that must have been a lot of fun to work on. 
Yeah, James Mangold, once again, great director. Uh, when I went into the meeting, he says, look, we get to be an R-rated movie now and you get to do as much violence as you like, go ahead. And I say, fantastic, this is great. Yeah. So chop heads off, chop legs off, you know, stab people viciously, and I did. And it, it was one of my favorite experiences to do. Um, it is a historical moment to me as a filmmaker because Hugh Jackman would never play that role again. And I hope he doesn't. I, yeah. I, look, I, now don't get me wrong. I'm sure that someone might come up with a great idea and he'll come out of retirement to do it, whatever it is. But as a pure filmmaker, for mm -hmm. him to hang that hat up, you know, like a hockey player, you know, or a football player or whatever it is, you know, to, for them to yeah, finally yeah. hang that jersey up and for you to say, you know, that's it. There is no more. We yeah. just witnessed the closing of a chapter. I think that's a beautiful thing. I really do. Yeah. No, I agree. Definitely. He did a great job. You know, that movie really was a labor of love for Hugh Jackman. That was really his baby as much as anything else. And he said, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out this way. And he did a great yeah. job. And I hope, yeah. in my mind, I really hope no one brings him back mm -hmm. as Wolverine. I think he's a great career no matter what. But as Wolverine, I love the fact that he's done as an audience, as a world. We need to feel that weight and we need to realize that, you know, that that sun has set. And that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's something to be enjoyed, isn't it? Like a nice yes. an ending, whether you enjoyed it or not, it's so perfect. It that is. And, and, you know, I also have a little guilty string inside of me that's like, I hope they don't do another Wolverine ever. <laughs> You know, I really do. It's 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 hard for me to say this because, you know, the movie industry, you can always come up with something inventive and go for it. And I, I love it. And the audience was always going to love those things. That's fantastic. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I really don't want to think of someone else. You know, Wolverine. I want it to only be him forevermore. And let's go on because there's a ton of other superheroes out there. We really can do a lot more with so many. Yeah. Other people. <laughs> yeah. With that, obviously we've spoken a lot about your transition into like directing and everything like that. What one moment do you think stands out to you that you'll take with you and use the experience for when you make, obviously the step to you, like first unit directing and things like that, that you can look back on and think, wow, I really learned loads from that situation. Uh, you know what? Um, recently I went on to doing the Avatar sequels and... Mm -hmm. It was the greatest experience as a filmmaker. James Cameron um, was right there beside me the whole time, um, you know, guiding the process, teaching me about <clears throat> everything from color to character to story development. Um, I, that will always go with me onto every other film I, mm -hmm. I, I do in the future. You know, if, if someone can look at me saying, oh, he shoots like James Cameron, I'd say thank you, you know? <laughs> And that would be a, a feather in my cap because I don't know another filmmaker out there that is better than James Cameron. I really do think that he is possibly, you know, the top tier. You, you put him right next to Spielberg. You put him right next to Ridley Scott. You know, all of them are great in their own sense of the uh, imagination, but no one is better than the other. It's like the world creation, isn't it? With, with it is. He just it thinks is. of everything. But he has reality that is just so great because it's not just this made up world. He actually makes everything come to life. Yeah. 
And then just the final one from me, I mean, complete opposite in terms of the scale. I saw that you worked on Crank, which looks like it must have been kind of the most wild ride when you see the film there, because it looks like almost that anything went in front of the camera. Crank was still a big ride. You know, it was groundbreaking as well. That was like this I love that crazy, film. yeah, that was a crazy <laughs> movie. Um, I was only brought in as a stunt guy because I had a fake eye and they wanted to shoot, they wanted to put a squib in my eye. They wanted to do <laughs> stuff that had never been done before. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, thank you for, for giving us your time today. We really appreciate it. and It's been great speaking to you. Amazing, uh, well, thank I, you. Thanks so much for the time. Pleasure. If there's anything else you guys want to know, I've got about five minutes left if you guys want, but it's up to you, you know. Well, Jack, I'm sure you've got something in there. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm kind of fascinated by what, obviously, you've learned from doing all the stunts and the coordination beforehand. And obviously well, now taking it into, like I said before, about the, the directing side of things. And obviously talking about James Cameron and his filmmaking abilities and creating worlds. What would you create? What What's your, obviously, idea on how you would want to make a film going forward? So uh, it, it, that's that's a great question, actually. Wow, I don't think anyone's ever asked it. So, <clears throat> you know, yeah. I was raised I was raised on the 70s and the 80s, you know, and I love an awful lot of those kinds of things. There's a couple of things that, um, you know, always stand out to me. And to be quite honest with you, I really think that Blade, was one of my favorite first movies I'd ever seen, you know, as a superhero. We actually interviewed Mercury from Blade um, a couple See? of days ago. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I think that Blade, honestly, Wesley Snipes and that movie is one of the greatest superhero movies that ever existed, way before any of our movies yeah. were happening. He was yeah. great. Um, so I loved that idea. And on top of, so I like vampires. I like that kind of world. Um, there's another movie I like an awful lot, Highlander. You know, brilliant film. So, that is a great, great film. film. The first one only, though. The first one. Yeah, only. yeah, agreed. Kevin McLeod. So, <laughs> personally, you know, I do have an idea for a script that I want to use, and of course, it has swords like that, and it would be mm -hmm. in that realm. You yeah. know, so I am a very big fan of that kind of a world. And as a stunt coordinator, I would bring a lot of the reality that is based in that sword world because I think Braveheart, Gladiator. Highlander, Blade, all four of those movies really are spectacular movies to me. Yeah. And I would make my own version of those um, set in modern day, you know, yeah. and I would do that. Another thing is I love cowboy movies. I love Westerns, yeah. you know? And I think that if I could actually do like a modern day Western, I think that would be brilliant as well. That's the other thing. And then finally, the last thing that I would like to do, the other world that I would like to step into, um, is like a rock and roll kind of a future, um, um, like 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 almost like Escape from New York or or yeah. Big Trouble in Little China kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if you so, can make those movies a little bit not not so outlandish, ground mm -hmm. them a little bit more, mm -hmm. keep them in the future, almost like in a Blade Runner world. And then add this whole rock and roll element, like a Baz Luhrmann kind of feeling, um, like from Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got yourself the other kind of. So those are the three kinds of films that, in my mind, that's where my heart is at. Amazing. And with that, obviously, you've got the perfect blend of work on Avatar, which is like CGI driven, but with motion and detectives and things like that. And you've got your stunt background as well. So in your kind of perfect sense, when you're making your perfect film in the future. 
what's the balance going to be between CGI and real life action stunts? You know, I used to say, I'm going to go back to, because I'm a very big fan that Chris Nolan does everything in camera. He really yeah. is. He's a genius. God bless him. Good for him. So is um, Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. However, it's just not a reality anymore. It, it, it might be for them. They have the luxury of it. And James Cameron has the luxury of doing what he wants to do too, because they're tried and true. Mm -hmm. But for new filmmakers out there, you really don't have that luxury right now because even without COVID, more people are just going to theaters to watch movies that were done quickly, you know? And, you yeah. know, a lot of, a lot of, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to slap hands on, on, on moviegoers or anything like that, but I'm just saying that a lot of the stuff that's out there right now, it's a very saturated market. People just gotta keep getting stuff, just go. Go, go. Yeah. Is the script done? Not really, but it's good enough. Just go, go. Because they've got to get stuff turned around and out. Yeah. And when that happens, you don't have the time and the luxury to do stuff in camera any longer. You have to just get it going quickly and you have to know what the visual effects world can do for you and you have to trust it and then move on and then keep going with your day. Because if you get this thing done in three, three months, good for you. If it's six yeah. months, you're going to get yelled at. Of course. Thank you again for so much of your time. We really appreciate it. And yeah. it's, been, it's been great. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate looking forward it, guys. to seeing that movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Thanks so much. I can't wait. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yes, thank you. Thank Take you. Care. Yeah, Bye. 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 Bye.